Ladies and gentlemen, how are you? Welcome back. You guys know that we stay at work. Uh, we're putting some work in today. I'm really excited because we're focused on uh, we're focused on a lot of different things, and one of those things has to do with relationships. Uh, we are really big on this in our community. Uh, on, on in these YouTube streets, you guys see a lot of conversations around around relationships. So you hear perspective from women, your perspective from men, and what we're doing here on the Sir Held Network is we are bringing in what I call iconic thinkers, uh, individuals who have a degree of knowledge and insight into life um, and into the principles of relationships. We're having this conversation so that together we can learn and we can grow and we're going to give you a dose of entertainment. So it's going to be fun as well. So I have a very special guest. I have talked this, one of the most dynamic people I've, that I've met. And I'm not just saying this, I'm she's one of the most dynamic people that I've met. Profoundly wise, profoundly wise, awesome perspective, and we're going to get into some stuff today about relationships. So, without further ado, I want to introduce you to the one and the only Dr. Hannah Yosue. Yay! <laughs> I am doing fabulous, fabulous. It is so awesome to be here. I'm awesome. so glad to have you here. So if, before we get started, can you tell uh, me and the audience a little bit about yourself, what you do, and um, and, and what you're about? And the many businesses that I have, right? <laughs> I am Dr. Hannah Josre. I am a John Maxwell life and business etiquette coach. And the reason is etiquette, as you said before, my coaching style is to enhance people how to live properly or how to do business properly. That is where the word etiquette actually form and the principle of life, the principle of business. And um, I'm also a professional wedding officiant. You could find me on Knots and Wedding Wire. And I love doing weddings. I love it. And one of the things that I love about it is the premarital counseling, the premarital yes. coaching, I call it. Yes, I Absolutely. love it. I have learned so much about us and even us women. We're going to share that later. So I am a wedding officiant. Um, and after I marry them, I get them their first house because I'm also a mortgage broker, Sunrise Mortgage. And um, most that's where I will stop in my business. My website is hanajosray.com. And you will find out all the things that I do. And you can read all of my bio, all the information. But I must say, everything that I do, I love what I do. And you could read my reviews and you could tell because I love it. I love it. So it, it comes out in my service and how I serve. So listen, I don't want to hear about anybody telling me you busy because this lady's got about 17 businesses and still going with a smile on her face. So let's make sure we put in that work. And awesome. Listen, I am so glad that you were here. I really am glad you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad. I'm always glad to talk to you because you are one of the leaders that I love speaking to because you sparkle what's inside of me. And sometimes it, it's good to have both fires going. And I love it. And that's why sometimes we have to put the clock because you and I could talk all day. Absolutely. <laughs> now, listen, this is the beauty of talking. It's like when there's a, a respect and there is a there's just a deep respect. There's, there's a profound respect. Like, I don't care how comfortable I get with the person, particularly uh, Dr. Yosue. We can laugh and joke and stuff, but that respect level, that never gets messed with. It, it's a it sacred is. thing. I like that. And I think and that's I'm the, the foundation. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I think and that's I the foundation. 
appreciate yeah, that's the foundation of that of that growth we have so i'm excited so listen we got some stuff to talk about today and yeah. i know we're gonna get into this so i'm gonna position some questions and then the audience is gonna look for your response uh, for those of you who are watching um you said something before about how you ask people to approach these conversations. And I would like for you to share uh, that before we uh, start asking questions. Because in some time when we are used to one way of thinking, when we approach a subject, we approaching it with a regular normal pattern and it causes you to miss the understanding. So what I've told people is to dress your ears with understanding. If you coming in with the wrong garment, then you'll misunderstand the wisdom and you can't apply it. And you're going to say they don't work because you wore the wrong. It's like wearing your pajama to work. That does not happen. You don't wear your suit that you wear to work to, to, to the bedroom. So you have to dress properly. If you're going to see the king, you dress to go see the king to address the king. So you have to dress your ear with understanding to be able to accept and receive, understand the perspective of the wisdom so you can apply it. Excellent. So guys, mm -hmm. come ready. We're going to talk about some deep stuff. We're going to laugh. We're going to, you, you may be upset by some of the things that you hear, but I, but here's the thing that we do. It's all in good faith. It's all about respect. And the whole purpose of this is for you to grow. And when you're growing, you're not going to agree with everything. You're not going to understand what everything, it's not going to feel good, but the goal is not the feeling. The goal is the growth. So I think we're ready to get into these questions. Yeah, let's go. Okay. So in the context of relationships and with all of your counseling, with, with your years of experience, you've seen issues. I want to ask you, what is the underlying issue between the way men and women talk to each other? Is it the talking? That's the issue. Or is it the listening? That's the issue. Okay. It's actually both. The main issue is the different culture of communication. How do we communicate with one another? Everybody does not understand the same way. They don't understand from the same level. We have to become multicultural or multi-level communicators. I can communicate with different level of mindsets. Once I learn your mindset and that's where I'm going to communicate. What I believe it has been, and I'm still communicating here, but the person understand here. And I'm forcing you to understand, I can't hear you because your communication is not coming through the level of my understanding. And when I say level, I'm not speaking down up. I'm talking about whatever whim that you are. Like if I'm in another country, they're not going to understand my language. I will have to try to speak their language for them to understand or they will have to try to speak my language for us to communicate. Otherwise, we're just going to sign bathroom, bathroom. <laughs> you know, so how we communicate because of the levels of communication, the level mindset. I don't understand. I don't hear you. Some people, I know they can't hear me. So I can't communicate this particular subject in their language or in their level. So I do believe it have to do with we're not multi-level communicators and we have to be. 
That's wow. So, so tell me, tell me a little bit about that because I think that's the interesting thing. Because when I think about a multi-level communicator, that to me requires a degree of empathy, a, a degree of wisdom, and the willingness to humble yourself enough to reach the person. So the 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 focus is not on necessarily you talking; it's on you reaching. Can you go a little bit more about what you mean by multi-level communicator? Yes. No, you just said a, a, a really mighty word over there. It. First of all, what is my goal when I communicate with you? If my goal, is it for you to get it, for you to understand, or is my goal for just me to just say my point? I just want to say what I want to say. I don't care whether you get it. I don't care whether you understand it. I'm walking away. So the one that is communicating, it is your responsibility, first of all, to know what is your goal when you communicate? What is the, the, the goal is for the person to get it. I don't care why you understand. I don't care that you don't get it. Then, okay, then that's mean your motive in communication is bad because are we having a communication because you want us to really communicate or you want to use me just to say what you want to say? I just want to convey. I just want to use you as my journal and I just want to say what I want to say. I don't care if you understand it. So the level of communication first start with Dr. me acknowledging. Dr. Yosway. That's just too good to keep on going. Okay. That's just too good. That's just too. Y'all, did y'all, do you guys hear what Dr. Yosue just said? Are you, is the goal to reach them and for it to be, see the root word of communication and communicate is to commune. That means we're on a, we're, we're at a level where there's a level of understanding. Dr. Yosue just said, is the goal to commune with each other or are you using them as your personal journal? Because here's the thing. Journals don't talk back. It's, it's never about communication with journals. It's it just is. you say what you say, and you don't expect anything in return. That's exactly. such a fantastic point. Exactly. And that's what the motive have to come from asking ourselves. Do I want to? Because I have communicated with people. They're like, why are you talking? Because I want them to understand no matter what it costs. If you get it, I'm satisfied. If you don't get it, I'm not satisfied. So the responsibility is on me. The responsibility for me to know what is my goal. My goal is for you to understand. So I will go to the place where you are to make sure that you get it. And I don't Listen. think most of us are willing to do that work. We just come, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. So I just say what I want to say. And this, this, it's not productive. It's not, your communication is not effective. Uh, listen, this, Dr. Yasue, there's an awesome content creator who's on here who's watching. I want to give her a shout out. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Courtney. Michelle is in the building. Hey, I am Courtney. How are you? Listen, you, so I think I think that this, and, I, and I'll, I'll ask you this. I think when it comes to marriage, when it comes to business, when it comes to organizational structure, that what you said is fundamental, that if if the goal is simply to tell people what to do or to get your point across in the marriage or to get your word out, then we're missing the point. But if we can find a way to find a way that how can I reach you? What's the goal? And the goal is connection. It is not just me talking. I think that we can restore and we can build better marriages and organizations. What do you, what do you say to that? I, I definitely believe that because I've seen, even if somebody is teaching and if you, here's what I've I've done to my mentees when they say, well, so-and-so doesn't understand. My question to them is, how did you explain it to them? 
because you have to know who you're talking to. You have to know how to reach them. Once I give them the advice, they go back. The person, and then usually one of the time I was listening on the phone just to test them to see if they're going to do it right. And I showed them, I said, listen, if you use this and if you say that and you communicate with them where they are, they will get it. And they went back and they started saying that. They start, And the person was like, oh, I get it now. And they're like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I said, so your goal is for them to get it. So you have to do the mental work in one another to know each other, to know where I am. How do I communicate with you? I can't communicate with you the same way I communicate with her. I can't communicate with you. Say, even in relationship, I can't communicate with you as my mate, as my previous girlfriend or boyfriend or my previous mate. You're not the same person. We take our experience and we use it in our future relationship and assume that person is the same. Then the next question is, but how much do you really care to know your mate? Oh, how much do oh, you care oh, to oh. Get to know them. We about to go there. Okay, <laughs> listen. What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put you up on a on on the screen. I, please go ahead, cook. <laughs> you look at you. <laughs> well, because <laughs> now you made me lose my thought. You got to come back. <laughs> <laughs> See what I you said was just. Thought. I think what you said was so prolific. We often, you know what this is? It's a form of manipulation that it, it doesn't look like manipulation. I got but it. oftentimes we it try is. to change people to suit how we communicate instead of growing to be able to communicate with them. But I have one better. Before manipulation come, it's an unconscious thought because they're not aware they're doing that. You're not aware that you are manipulating because everybody that manipulate are not aware they're manipulating. Absolutely. You fall into manipulation because you are unaware. So you don't care enough to get to know the person. And that's something that I've used in my class, in my mentee. Don't buy me gift based on what you want to give me. Get to know me. Get to know my favorite color. Get to know what I like. Get If you get to know me, then our communication will be different. But if you communicate with me based on your previous relationship, my response will be different. Then you're walking away with a false identity of myself because you think I'm this, you think I'm that. You said, well, she that. And she said, but I responded based on how you communicated with me. You communicated with me based on your previous relationship. But if you get to know me and you communicate with me um, based of who you know, then you're going to get a different response. That's why two people will say, well, he's this and she's that. Well, I don't see that about her. I don't see that about him because you are in relationship with two different people. If you are in relationship with your previous mate and your previous boyfriend and girlfriend, and then, but in the body of a new mate, then we have a problem. You still responding based on your previous experience because you have not made the time or the effort to get to know who I am as your mate. Listen, y'all, I want just just take 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 30 seconds and I want you to, to digest this because this is really good. This is really good. This is <laughs> like you guys who, who are in the chat is uh, uh, tell me uh, can you guys relate to what Dr. Yosue is saying? It is so important because I think intellectual laziness comes with a lot of us. 
we are unwilling to do the work it takes because it's easier to complain a person to who you want them to be than to grow yourself to appreciate the person you have. And so when you brought up that point, it made me think about a lot of the men who complain about their wives in comparison, unconscious comparison to what they've had before and the same thing with women. So my question to you now is how do we overcome that intellectual laziness to actually see and value the person we are with right now? Well, first, it's a choice. Once you recognize, let's say you hear something like this today, then you recognize, let, let, let me use a, a couple that I just went into premarital uh, a couple of days ago. The first thing I told them that when they came in, they said, well, coming for your advice, your wisdom, if you tell us to push the wedding, we're willing to do that. I told them, you just overcame the first hurdle. Because now you recognize there's a possibility now that I'm coming to you for wisdom that I'm going to accept your wisdom if you don't feel like we're ready yet. Second hurdle is to recognize what's wrong and then I'm willing to work. I'm willing to do the work to change. But if I'm not willing, I'm willing to just uh, become a defensive attorney for my dysfunction. And I'm going to defend where I am, who I am, and how I am. Then I'm saying, well, it won't work. You need to fire that defense attorney first. Hold on. A defensive attorney for your dysfunction? Yeah. Doctor, doctor, come on, doctor. I I can't do nothing with that. I I, I don't have nothing to add to that. Y'all, for those of you who are listening, Can you see this in somebody you've been with or even with yourself? Have you been a defensive attorney for your dysfunction Mm -hmm. where you are justifying the atrocity of your behavior to someone else instead of doing the work to address it and correct it? Have you been a defensive attorney to your dysfunction? That's a prolific. That's please, please go into because there's let me give you a scenario. There's a woman who's about to leave her husband because of this. How do we how how does the the husband overcome his defense of the thing that's pushing his wife away? And then in reverse, there's a man who wants to leave his wife. How does she overcome her defense that's that has her defending the bad the bad behavior that's pushing him away? Okay, let, 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 since I use the defense attorney, the first thing to do consciously is once I fire my defense attorney, listen to the prosecutor. The prosecutor is your wisdom. Listen to the prosecutor. What are they accusing you of? So before you said, no, that's not me. No, I didn't do that. The prosecuting attorney, which is wisdom, is going to tell you, this is what you've done wrong. This is what, and you're willing to listen. You're willing to hear. You're willing to go on a journey in your unconsciousness to see, you know what? That is true. I am like that. That is true. I do react like that. That is true. Once you realize that, then you said, now I'm ready to make the work. I'm ready to work. It doesn't matter because a lot of us, the, way, the reason why we defend ourselves so much, we can't stand pain. The pain of the truth, I mean, it's very painful. So we defend ourselves and we put the barrier because we don't want the truth to hit us because it hurts so bad. But if we are willing to accept the pain of truth, because that pain is necessary. Because what it's doing is disengaging the dysfunction. 
So I have to allow the pain of truth to take the old me out so I could find the real me so I could accept the truth and start working on, okay, I'm not a good communicator. Okay, how can I become a good communicator? What is my next step on how to do that? And the reason I, I, I take my premarital counseling, I tell them, give me your issues of what's going on and let's put that on the table. I don't want to give you an example of somebody else's relationship because that may not be going on in yours. Let's put your issue on the table and then go step by step on how to fix that. That's fantastic. So there's this one word, there's this one word that starts with a C that I think serves as a blocker to growth. It's a cuss word. Here we go. You are complaining. Uh. How do people who are on here who've heard this before that all you do is complain? How do we, because what happens is when we throw that word out, complaint, all the negative connotations associated, uh, we shut down our thinking brain, and that becomes the barrier for us actually being able to hear the truth. So I want to ask you a question. Is how do we complain without it coming off as negative? So that this is for the speaker. And then for the person who is listening, how do we hear a complaint and not assume that it's negative because the word complaining? It's how we present ourselves. And I'm going to use this, as a matter of fact, just yesterday or to a couple and had the same issue. He said, I don't like the way she speaks to me. And the, the issue may be uh, real, but I turn off because of the way she come. My advice to her was you get you a journal. You write down how you really feel to give you time to learn how to convey what you feel because how you present it it's like serving somebody uh, some a real good cook that cook real good collard green but you take a dirty plate and you put it on the collard green and tell them here the collard green is good but the serving i can't accept that dirty plate i can't eat what's good on a dirty plate so how we present ourselves and how we speak and how we convey what we feel matters because I now, the listener, will bring down all the barriers, all the gates will come down, because now I'm going to convey to you first, I'm not complaining, and you know how you you, you, you speak, I'm not complaining, this is the, you said all the good stuff first, right, and this is, I'm just conveying, I may be wrong, and I'm saying this to you, if I'm, if I'm not correct, I'm willing for you to make an adjustment, but allow me to say how I feel, and then you put it on the table. The person is willing to listen instead of how oh, you did it, nah, 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 you did it, nah, 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 you. and the men, the, uh, and, and we go into that. It's not that the complaining is wrong. It's that how you complain. Because the, the argument, you have a good argument, but how do you bring it? Let's, let's use the court, for instance. If the attorney have a good argument, but the attorney doesn't follow the proper protocol to bring the argument, the judge is not going to listen. It's how you bring it. And I believe as people, we have a problem. We, we want we so much want to be, I just, that's the way I am. I'm just me. But there is a proper way to do life. There is a proper way to communicate. There's a proper way to do everything in life. And if you just want, well, I just want to be me. That's just the way I am. But you're just a raw material. And don't ask us to eat raw food. Right? You know something. Something you said that I want to go back to, 
Like y'all again, y'all, y'all don't understand that this is this is just how we have a conversation. Just beautiful. <laughs> so really? uh and listen, we haven't even really got to the to the questions yet. So <laughs> so you said something you said is about presentation. When I think about presentation, I think about service. When I think about service, I think about serving. How can we better serve each other when we have conversations? First of all, we have to realize that we are serving each other. We see relationship communication in so, such a different way. I am serving you. If I'm in relationship with someone, I'm serving them my life. You serving me your life. How do I serve my life? You, you see? How do I? How, and, I, and I even told my mentor that the work that you do is your signature. So if you do sloppy work, your signature is devalued. So we have to first recognize we are serving one another. And how do I serve you? That you, you were talking about the complaint. I, what's the complaint with the men? What are they complaining about? I don't know if you want to you wanna go under. Oh, under. Are we ready for this? Yes. Uh, yeah, we, we might as well drop in. We hear. Uh, so I'm going to start with one. Women are too masculine these days. It's one of the top complaints of men. So a man so who's complaining about this will hear from the, the woman he's positioning the complaint to. That all you do is complain. I'm strong and you want to change me and who I... How, how do men who are dealing with women who are overly masculine... Now, from a, from a biological standpoint, I understand that the traits of masculinity and femininity as well as hormones have something to do with it. But what I mean is masculine to the degree where he can walk in, in his true self and be the type of man to her because she employs that same energy. So he's complaining, saying she's too masculine. In this case, he's complaining. How do we address that? Okay. We'll go to the men and go to the women. Um, the women, I would say, I, I, I do see that the men have a valid point. Because having the feminine energy is so powerful that I think some women don't realize that. We have escaped ourselves into the men energy because we don't know how to tap into our own. But when we realize a woman have the a powerful energy, then you will love to be a woman. I love being, a, I, it doesn't take anything from me to allow the men to exercise their masculine energy. It complements who I am as a woman. It complements me that even if I go to the store, I see a man, I allow them to open up the door. I don't care if I don't know them because I exercise my woman energy. I'm not gonna open up the door myself just because I don't know you, you a man. And I will absolutely will allow it. And then turn around and say, thank you so much. And what I did is to say, I recognize your masculine energy and I like it. It's okay. So men need that because it seems like a, a, a women have come in this realm, in this energy and taken over and telling the man to back off. And what we have done is that we have missed 
the power of the men and the women energy coming together as one. That is powerful. And I, I, I don't see any reason why a woman don't want to be a woman. I, I, I really don't understand that concept because I love being a woman. I understand the power that I carry as a woman. And when you don't understand that power, you stop manipulating that power because you don't get it. I'm going to tell you something that's probably going to cause a lot of women to probably dislike me, but that's okay. One thing I found out through my pre-counselor, one day I called my mentor and I said, I got something to tell you. And he almost fell out. I found out through my experience of speaking to these couples that we women are the 95% of the problem. He almost oh. Oh, listen, if black man on Pilsen was on here, he would say, oh, my God. So, oh, so wait a second. Hold on a second. Everybody take a breath. Listen, take a bathroom. Listen, you, oh, you say that. Say, okay, I got to put you up on the big screen. You got you to, I need you to say what you said, and then we're going to go into it. I found out that we are women, 95% of the problem. When I sat back myself and I was like, oh, my God. We are the problem. You know why? Because we don't recognize the power that we carry as women. And when you don't recognize it, you what you do, you create problem. You create chaos. You create it because you don't know what to do with that power. That's where I, I, I was, I, my mind was blown. I was like, oh my God. Goodness, and I start making some changes within myself because I'm recognizing we are the issue. We are the problem. Men are not that hard as we say to deal with. Oh, okay. So let's take a second on this because I think people will hear this and, and they can think that this is just being controversial because we've taken things that are simple and we've made it complex in our culture. And a lot of times women... So l let me push back on what you said. Men are simple. You know, how would you, you know, woman, well, men cheat and men lie. And, and, and men, you, you know, they, they're, they're not the type of men that our grandfathers used to be. How do, if I push back on that, does it change what you think about the simplicity of men? No, because you know why? In the same aspect, when it said men cheat, men lie, it's because we had a, a uh, more commercials of what men do and less commercial what women do. Because if we look behind the curtain, women have cheated in the past. Grandma have cheated because some of the children wasn't grandpa's child. Grandma had lied. Yeah, listen, Grandma this have is... told you this is your daddy and it wasn't your daddy. So it's just more commercials with the men. This is a, a humanity issue. It's not a man issue. Let's, let's do this for a second. Yeah, <laughs> yo, this is why this is the people I hang around. This is just what it is. Chap, before we keep on going on, can you guys relate to what Doctor is saying? That I think it's such a fabulous point that you just brought up, and it's, you said it in a very poetic way that we can't forget. That it's not that it was different from women, is that men got commercials for what we did wrong, and women got commercials for what they did right. Yes, and right. so that created an imbalance of the truth. 
Can you guys relate to this? Doctor, that's such a fantastic point. That's a fantastic point. <laughs> so what do we do with this thing? That was that was on point. That is on point. So we're not being fair. We're not on a fair balance that this is a humanity issue because we have good mothers, bad mothers, good fathers, bad fathers, but one get more commercial than the other. So we just have to be honest about it. Right? So men cheat, women cheat. Men lie, women lie. I mean, big lies. But no one want to talk about that. All of a sudden now we want to be feminine. We want to be true. That's the time we want to be treated like women. That's the time we want to be feminine. You know, you know, we women. So be nice to us. You know, you know, we, we mothers be nice to us. No, that's not that that's not that that's not a balance that's what makes relationship uh uh, uh issue about, about relationship because we're not being balanced in what's going on in relationship because secrets families some grandfathers had whole multiple secret families i just read that that is true that is very true it's a humanity issue it's a, a humanity what a there's there's so many uh, uh, um, there's so many examples I, I don't want to bring about, but <laughs> about us. Listen, I, I can already tell you from this conversation, I, I want to do a part two on this as well. I think I this is just you the beginning. Say that. <laughs> and here's the funny thing, y'all. We just this is just a warm up. Like this ain't this ain't. We ain't even got into the meat and potatoes of it yet. This is a warm up. That is true. <laughs> it's a, it, it, that is very true. But if we if we put it on the table and stop blaming one, just like we're doing. Blaming the men do this and the grandfather do more than the granddad. The mom do less. And we need to stop the blaming and go in within ourselves. If you want your relationship to work, this is what it's going to take for it to work. Because both as humanity have fallen, not just men, not just women. We're trying to figure out even when we preach about Adam and Eve, whose fault was it to sin? It's, you know, it's like, okay, so once we find out who fault it is, what's the next step? It's a, you, we, we need to think about our humanity, right? So I think I, I'm going to do one for a premarital for women that wants to get married and disengage. We need to start doing some work. We need to start doing some eternal work now and stop putting these demands on the man and what about you? What about us? What about, and then we complain, you should just accept us the way we are. I'm, 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 I'm going to stop right there, sir. <laughs> so, so, so this is what we're going to do, y'all. I think, and, I, and I'm going to say this uh, publicly. I think you need to, we, let's get your YouTube page started because I think we can help develop you a platform because you would have a lot of people who would come to you for this advice. Uh, for this wisdom. And I think we got to streamline this. So y'all, if, if you guys agree with this, that you would love to adopt uh, uh, your sway to have a platform, y'all just, just put a yes in the chat for me. I just, I just want to kind of check the temperature. Um, of course, we're going to continue doing collaborations, but I think that this is, this is one of those that people need to have a place where they can consistently come to, to get this wisdom because, because it's needed. So yeah, if you guys are in the chat, and you hear this, if you, if you would love to have uh, to, to be a part of Dr. Uh, uh, Hana, your sway's uh, platform. Just put a yes in that chat. Okay, you're tricking me again. <laughs> yeah, so we've got a yes. We got a yes. We got a yes. Got a yes. Oh wow. Yes. 
I am yes. just so honored. So oh, what wow. we'll do, like, we, whenever you get some time, let me know, and I'll work with you to get get it started. We'll get it up and running. Because, again, this is – see, the goal for, for me being on YouTube is not simply to entertain. Now, we're going to have some fun. But the goal is to empower through these kind of conversations. And I realize that people really are crying out for the truth. They really are crying for the truth. People are, are spending more time on YouTube than regular TV now because we are able to pro provide a level of truth unfiltered. Black men unfiltered, shout out to my brother. right? A, a level of truth that's unfiltered and on, and, and on demand. And so, yeah, so we've got a, a lot of people in here who, who believe that you should have a page. So let's work on that when, uh, whenever you get some time to. Okay. okay. Now let me give you another pushback. You said, "What are men's complaints?" So let me give you another one. Now this is a big one. This says, uh, "Women don't want average men. We don't want average earning men, average looking men, and men with an average lifestyle." That's one of the complaints. What do you say to that? I would, I would, I would ask you to elaborate. What is average? So just based off of, of data, the data that we know, most men are, uh, I think, between like five like five, five and like five, 10 or five, 11, most men, black men earn about $42,000 a year. And then, so they have an average lifestyle. A lot of women want the, the six foot tall, six pack, six figure guy and above. Right. And so a lot, so the, 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 the percentage of, uh, the larger percent of women want the smaller percentage of men who are more affluent. Right. And so this is one of the complaints that we hear from a lot of different men who are good men, who are hardworking men. And they get with women who might get with them for momentary stability while they have their eye on the person that they really want. Mm -hmm. So how do you speak to that about the complaint that men have about that? I would say that uh, I, I like to translate to a language our mind can understand. Another word, most women want the bread after it's cooked. Most women don't want to go in the kitchen and cook the bread. They want somebody else to cook the bread and then bring me the bread. Now you still adore yourself, but then you want the bread that's already cooked. Listen, okay, listen. All right, y'all, I'm shutting this down. I can't take no more of this. I can't, I can't take no more of this. I can't do it. You said what? You said they want the bread that's already done and you still adore yourself. And then you still adore yourself. So please, please. how would you attract bread that's already baked and you steal a dough what we don't understand that these people that's already on the type of men that make that type of money why would the bread be attracted to a dough the bread begotten bread dough begotten dough so we both could get in the oven and be made so a bread is not going to turn around and look at dough because he's been there. So being attracted, and this is what I want, and that's why a lot of women date married men. You want somebody else to do the work, and you want to reap the benefit. And that is the issue right there, that seed right there. We are not willing to do the work to get the man that you want inside. We want somebody else to do the work and give me the flower once it come out. I don't want the seed. But there's a power in that seed. Because if I get that seed, my power as a woman will tap into the better version of who you are. And I get to exercise my power as a woman. 
Oh, I'm going to use this. I know this is going to be public, but I'm going to use this as a, oh, Lord, what, no. Well, okay, I'm going to use this as an example. I know a woman uh, 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 in, in, in uh, uh, premarital. She married this man who never wore a suit in his life. He was a jean and T-shirt man. She married him, but she was more of a fashionable type of person. What did she do? She went to the store. She stopped buying suit. I don't like suit. And she stopped buying it and put it on the bed. She stopped buying it and putting it on the bed. He's like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And she stopped putting it together. And, and, and if they go to church or they go to places and she put the clothes out for him to wear. And then people start giving them compliments. Oh, my God. I never seen you in a suit. Oh, my God. You look so good. And what it does is tapping into who he is. She met him with T-shirt. By the time she finished with him, he was a suit man because she tapped into the better version of who he was. Now he's like, yeah, what suit can I wear? Oh, he started knowing more about suit. Did not know that about himself. So as women, we don't tap into our power of who we are. We're just so mentally lazy. We want somebody else to do the work. But the thing is, if you don't do it yourself, you'll never find out who's inside of that man you because the version of who he is will complement who you are because who that person made him out to be that's their version it's not your version i could i only carry the power to get the best version out of you no one else could do that that's a question so ladies I, i'm gonna this is this is a very good point do you possess the power to make to pull out the best in him because I, I think you said something that really that 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 that's really got me thinking about something. That human individuals generally want somebody that's already there, already great, but this but they don't have the skill it takes to pull more out of that person. How do you speak to the to the to the wife on here, who has a guy who he's you know works hard, he does stuff, but he's got more in him. But maybe he's bogged down with work and stuff. How can she take who she is? and help pull out even more in him. Okay. First, I, I've always said it is best to always invest in being trained and being taught how do I, how, how do I operate in this wonderful body and gift that I have? I invested a lot of money and time in mentorship, in training and getting cultivated for me to find out who I am. Once I find out who I am, then I know what I'm capable of doing. But if you don't know who you are and you don't know the level of the power that you have, it's hard for you to try to figure out, well, how do I do it? First, go find out who you are. Find out the ability that you have. How do I tap into those abilities? You, I, I recommend mentorship. I recommend spiritual guidance. Well, you know, Spiritual guide mixed with life. You got to, You just can't guide your spirit without guiding life. Some real training, some real coaching. How do I do that? How do I tap into the best of me so I could tap to the best of him? Because I I can't. Uh, um, how would I say this? Uh, I, if I'm if, if if I'm in a lower level about myself, how can I tap into the higher level of you? The woman that was able to bring the suit out of him is because she understood who she was. She was a fashionable person. She loved fashion. She loved, she's, she was comfortable 
with who she is. She was able to tap into him because she was already in that place of she knew the type of power she carried. So you first have to do the personal work instead of, because otherwise you're going to demand something. Um, there's something I want to use. Is it okay if I use the scripture? Please. Okay. Under particular scripture, when uh, when it said uh, transform, it doesn't be transform. It's allow yourself to be transformed, that proper translation, by the renewing of your mind. And after that said, after the transformation, you will know what God wants. So that's mean you telling me before I transform, I don't know exactly. So there's a transformation that needs to take place to know. But a lot of us want to know before we transform. It's like getting a gun without a permit. Or without even being trained how to use it. But you got a gun. And what happened? Usually something dangerous. Absolutely. Empty the clip. <laughs> so you know what? There's there's a there's a, okay. All right, y'all. All right, y'all. This we've 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 been politically correct now. Now we're about to get into some real stuff. So if uh viewer discretion is advised now. So complaint our wives <laughs> are giving it only. Give, yeah, our, our wives and giving the sex. They just not they're just not doing it. They they tired, they got a headache, they stuff is going on, and we're not getting it enough. Husbands are complaining that they are not getting enough sex from their wives. How what do we how what do we speak to that? Okay. For one thing, when the wife saying, Well, I'm tired, because we have identified sex as something that we give the man. This is something I'm giving him like a bottle to a child. But sex is supposed to be for you too. So that means now I need to find out why you don't want sex. It's not about what the men want. It's what you want too, because it's feeding you too. So the truth needs to be told exactly. Is he not satisfying you? Or you're not finding any gratitude having sex with him? Because we, we need to stop making sex like it's a bottle that I'm giving to my husband. It is, it, it is a table that we both are serving each other and we both are getting fed. Sex is not a bottle for your husband. Sex is the table that we both eat off of. Listen, listen, we write, we writing a book together on that one. We writing a book that prolific, that profound. And I think that's that's a that's a, a misconception. We oftentimes assume that women don't enjoy it as well. And what I found that as well is that there is healing in 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 healthy sexual release when we have a healthy approach to the closeness that we gain from that experience. Mm -hmm. And so why is sex weaponized then if, if, if it's got those benefits and I told, like I told people as uh, uh, the other day uh, about, you know, I gave them some medical advice yesterday about, you know, something that happened between me and my wife about how after a particular, and babe, uh, please forgive me for this. I told them, you know, after one uh, night of, 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 of relations, her credit, her credit score uh, got boosted, uh, but we won't talk about that. But amidst of all the benefits for sex, like why do, why do women weaponize it? And why don't, why don't we engage more into it if it's got benefits and it, and it comes with these great, both emotional, these psychological um, uh, uh, benefits to it? Why is it weaponized and used and men don't get it as much? Okay, Th that's the two-part answer to that. I, I highly recommend even my couple to have real conversation about sex. Sit down 
and talk to your husband or your wife and tell them what you want, what you like, what makes you feel good. We, we feel like it's a taboo conversation, but it's not. It needs to be in detail. I need you to know what makes me happy. I need you to know what's going to satisfy me. And I need to know what you need that's going to satisfy you. We shouldn't be afraid of that conversation. It need, I tell that to my single mentees. Before you get married, you need to have that conversation. If you don't do that, I like that. You don't do that. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could be with you because this is this. I need this. It is a real conversation that needs to take place. Now, women weaponize that because women recognize that one sex is on the table they could see something they don't know what to do with, which is called vulnerability. Mm. They see how the man become like a child, vulnerable. And because the women is lack of understanding of their power, what you do, you, you weaponize it instead of using it for your benefit in a good way for the relationship to grow. So the women enter into a place and see, oh, you're vulnerable. Oh. I could do something with that. And then instead of using it to feed your relationship because of the lack of wisdom from the women, then you weaponize it. It's just lack of wisdom. Women needs to find out who they really are. We need to find out our power because when you enter into that chamber, that sacred place, and you see vulnerability, oh my God, first of all, you that powerful that you able to bring that out of them. Now, what is the next step? What do you do with that? What do what are you going to do with this vulnerability? You have a choice. You're going to weaponize it or you're going to use it to grow your relationship. It's a choice. But because women lack of, of teaching, lack of wisdom, lack of coaching, lack of mentorship, women don't know what to do or some of the women don't know what to do with that power. A, women, a man will love you more if you know what to do with that vulnerability. They will gravitate to your love more instead of using it to, to weaponize them. And the men recognize that. So what that does, that just emotionally push them away because they realize you don't know what to do with this. Let me let me ask you a, a question. So let's say let's say you know a couple gets together and you know she throwing it on them. You know she 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 throwing it on them. You know he he getting what he needs and she's doing the things he likes. And I'm gonna give I wanted the reverse as well. And let's say she's doing all of that. She I mean she throwing I mean she throwing it like it's you know but you know she she backing that thing up like she she taking care of business. And after marriage, the things that she used to do, she said you know what I don't feel comfortable with that anymore. I don't. I don't want to be too graphic because this is this is my AM show on our PM program. It's going to be a little different. But how do you? How do we address this? Is is me? Where the things that we used to do in the dating phase, let's just say the fun we used to have, we don't. We don't even make time for that anymore. Now, everybody, before this, um, Doctor Yosue, please let me know when you got some more time. I don't know if it's going to be today or another day, but I, I got another show that I'm, I got to get to, so I've got about ten more minutes. Okay, but I want to do a part two to this. If if you guys want a part two, can you guys let us know in the comment section that you guys want a part two, and uh, we'll make sure to make it happen. Um, but before we before we close out, so what do you say? He he was getting what he needed, and now after marriage, after a few years, that spice is no longer there. And his complaint now is he doesn't feel like she's attracted to him. 
right? He He's wondering if there's something going wrong with them, right? And a secret thing that a lot of men uh, be concerned with is it somebody else. How do we address that when okay. he, she's no longer giving him what he needs? Okay, let me go back again to the beginning to answer that. A lot of time, men are lack of having communication with the woman before they marry. I, I, I'm communicating sexually, but I'm not communicating emotionally. I'm not communicating mentally. I'm not having a real conversation. Yes, sex is good. I need to now have a communication to find out, okay, sex is good. And let, let's talk about this a little bit more before I go into marriage. Because no, you don't know the reason why she did what she did. And the reason why she stopped, she's no longer attractive. So now it's going to take another conversation to find out the truth. Why were you doing this when we were dating? What is it about that that now turned you off? You're going to find out, is this something that you're doing? Or is it something that's happening to her? Or Because I have um, counsel women in situation where when they were single, particular things in sex was okay. But once they got married, something tapped into their past where they got raped or molested. And now I can't stand for my husband to touch my breast because it now all of a sudden it, that past got tapped in. So a real conversation need to take place to see somebody needs to go for counsel because you never took care of that before you got married. So they always say in sin, everything feel good and tastes good. But once you get married, now it, the exposure of the truth come out. So real conversation to find out why needs to happen. So, uh, so yeah, let's, I want to do uh, another part two to this because, you know, I've, you know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys don't have this book, I'm really disappointed in y'all. This book is called Do I Stay or Do I Go? It is a book that I wrote a little bit ago, and I'm going to do a series on this because I think there's a lot of, particularly in our spiritual church community, and you know I'm saying spiritual because yeah. Yeah. We, when we talk about the church, that yeah. that we got to be specific about what we mean when we say the yeah. church. Yeah. Right? I, I don't like to use that as a derogatory term. And there's yeah. a lot of people who are saying, do I need to leave this marriage? She's saying, do I need to leave? Do I need to go? And I think that some of these things are curable if we have the right information uh, for what to do, particularly in this area. So I gave one for the men. So I'm gonna get. Let's look back for the ladies. The lady is saying, "My husband is not giving me what I need." So he's complaining that I'm not giving it to him. But when I do give it to him, I'm not getting satisfied. I'm not getting what I need. That's right. How do you, what do you, What do you say to that? Exactly what you. I need to tell him that I'm not. I'm, I'm not getting. This is a conversation that does not need to take place while you're arguing. It doesn't need to take place while you're cooking. It needs to go. You need to go out to sit down maybe at dinner and have face-to-face, eye-to-eye contact, heart-to-heart connected and be honest. I have something to share with you. I am not, I'm, I'm, I'm unsatisfied in this area. I want to know what can we do to fix that? It's, it's a real, if you can't handle the truth, then I would say, you know, then you have a real problem. You got to be able to handle because once the men ask the question, you got to be able to handle the truth from the women. Are you able to handle the truth when she tell you, well, I'm not satisfied because I don't feel connected with you when we're having sex. I don't feel like you here. I don't feel this. I don't feel that. Are you ready to hear the truth from the women once you ask, what's the problem? 
You know what? So you gave the the emotional side. Now I'm gonna give the men. I'm gonna tell the real truth. A lot of men we don't know how to properly stimulate, how to probably rev that thing up, how to get that thing warm and ready. We don't know. We don't know about that. And I I, I encourage men who are in your marriage, like like we weren't we were taught to you 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 both get aroused. You know she got to get you know you know get prepared. You know ready. You stick it in and that's it. There's so much more to that. You a lot of women like to be kissed. There's a certain way you touch them. You have to be able to use to orally stimulate to the place where she is at because that helps so much. And we don't know the proper regions of a woman's body. And so we don't know what we're doing. So we end up getting what we want. Right. We get we get the conclusion. And and even if we get to the conclusion, the experience is still not as enjoyable because we haven't taken the proper time to explore our woman's body. And I, I tell me, this, you. learn the GPS of your woman's body. Listen and I, listen. And you'll know the GPS if you observe how she responds. Yes. Is that fair? Yes. Is that fair? Yes. So, so, so while the emotional connection is a big piece because men, we, and, and, and men, and women, this for women too, but men, a woman's emotional temperature has a lot to do with her sexual temperature. Yes. And when there's something off emotionally, there's something's going to be off physically as well. But I often encourage you, make sure, give that woman that oral stimulation. Practice it, figure out, ask her what she likes, see what turns her on, try different things and put work into it. Yeah, I don't think she's going to be upset with you practicing on her, Please. right? And Please. so touch on her. And I also say about I say about foreplay as well. This starts in the middle, the, the beginning of the day when you when you're being kind to her or you're being concerned about her and you're checking on her through the day and figuring out what her love language is. All these things factor into that experience. Mm -hmm. And so while we say focus on the emotional side, there's a very practical physical side that we got to tap into as well. But that's going to be for part two. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed myself. Thank you so much. Dr. Yosue, so listen, I'm going to get a part two uh, together, uh, but I think that we, I think there's a lot to cover here. Yeah. And yeah. I would love for you, like I said, this book that I wrote, Do I Stay or Do I Go? I wrote it some years ago. I, you know, I thought I knew what I was doing, but it, my understanding has increased now. And I want women to also get the truth from a woman's side as well mm -hmm. uh, in terms of relationships. And I think this has been fantastic. So, exactly. Uh, so before I, we go, I have, I, wanna... class, I have a class coming up next week, December 28 and 29. I will encourage everybody to go on my website, hanajosray.com, and it's called The Divine Creation. When I tell you that class is good, that class will give you answers, even in your relationship, the next step and how to transform. It is absolutely awesome. So you could sign up for that. And I have some other classes coming up that's on my website that you, I'm having my personal mentorship. I came back as a teacher after two, three years of rest um, that you could set a time of personal mentorship with me one-on-one -on, -one on Zoom that I would teach you my classes personally one-on-one. -on -one. So go on my website, hanajosray.com and sign up for the class. And if you want me to marry you, call me. I surely will be there. <laughs> yeah, so what I'm going to do, so in this video, guys, uh, as soon as this is done um, rendering and stuff, I'm going to have uh, the links to Dr. Yosue's information so that you guys can uh, link to there as well. As, as always, guys, if you really enjoyed this content, again, my goal is to only have the best thinkers, the best people on this platform. If you guys appreciate this content, my ask of you is that you would like, that you would subscribe, uh, and that you would share this as well, because we've got a whole lot more. Like, like uh, somebody said earlier um, to uh, to uh, save some of, of this for your show, and I don't think people realize that this is, these are just crumbs. It's just so much, it's so much more.
This, you do it's, have this so is, much more inside of you. It is. I, I love talking to you. I love having conversation with you because you sparkle my, uh, I would say my rims. And I just love it. I love it. And I thank you for that. Thank you for this. Everybody that's enjoyed us today. I, I This is what I love to do. This is what I love to do. So thank you. And listen, I, I'm so glad you're here. This won't be the last time. Ladies and gentlemen, again, it's been a very a, a privilege to uh, to serve you. To talk with you today, we're pleased to pray that you were blessed. I think we may have to turn this into a morning show. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see y'all, until next time, Sir Hale Speaks is out the building. Thank you, doctor. We'll talk with y'all soon. Great day. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the one and the only Sir Hale Speaks in the building.